I went through this long process of forgiving myself for things. And once you do that, it's like it sets you free and allows you to, again, have clarity, be open. And when your mind is open with clarity, you're going to see opportunities around you that you normally wouldn't see if you're closed minded because you have all this stress and you have different things that are bothering you or occupying your mind. You're not going to see the opportunities around you. What's up, party people? You're listening to the Revenue Real Hotline. I'm Amy Rehovchek, and I appreciate you for pressing play, friend. Thank you. This is a podcast about all the uncomfortable conversations that come up while generating revenue. If you appreciate real stories from real people who are absolutely not afraid to keep it real, you are in the right place. That was Andre Vicario. Andre is the CEO of Mod Financial, host of the Mod Financial podcast, author of Freedom with Altitude, Breaking the Mold and Creating an Unstoppable Mindset in Times of Uncertainty, and now the proud new owner of a charter airline business. On this episode, Andre and I get into how to get out of your own damn head and do what needs to be done to take on something scary or new. What exactly does one have to do to cultivate discipline? What to do when self-doubt creeps in? And how to think less about the how to do things and more about the who. Who do I know? Before we get to Andre, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And if you subscribe, I would certainly appreciate you letting me know how I'm doing in the form of a review. Something that can easily be done over at RevenueReal.com. It really goes so far, friends, and, and I appreciate it, just like I appreciate you. And with that, I'm Amy Rehovchek. This is the Revenue Real Hotline, and let's do it. Andre Vicario, welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making time for us today. I am, I'm so jacked for this conversation, sir. Welcome. Thank you. I'm, I'm probably more jacked than you are. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be kind of a high energy flow. We'll, we'll get this <laughs> can, I, can I have that in writing, please, sir? All right. So <laughs> listeners, Andre is the founder and CEO of Mod Financial. He is the host of the Modern Financial or Mod Financial podcast, where dreams work when you do. <laughs> Shocking how that works. And Andre just also uh, launched his there, I think you said something about having six businesses, but Andre just bought a charter plane business, friends. So, like, you think your your stress is a little bit off the charts? Like, could you imagine having to worry about plane maintenance and all the like? Oh my gosh, just mind blowing, Andre. You know this already, but listeners, I just spent two hours in Andre's podcast world, and. Full disclosure, I couldn't remember how Andre came to be a guest on the show. Not that it matters at this point, but it, I, I have like, I don't have words, Andre, for how recharged and re, like, I guess my cup is full now after spending two hours with you, and and I needed it today. Big public thank you, thank you from me to you, oh, Amy. I needed this as much as you did today. I woke up to a shitstorm, so. This amazing, is awesome. amazing. Okay, so Andre, in your own words, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and like what you do on a, a regular basis, and then we'll dive in. God, who am I? <laughs> I'm just a regular. I'm a regular guy, just like anybody else. I come from a very, very humble, humble background. I'm, 
I was the youngest of four, an absolute by far mistake. I was, there's a big stretch between me and my siblings. And probably one of the best things that could have ever happened to me was my girlfriend, now wife, um, got pregnant. We were 20 years old. And it forced me to change my thought process and grow up. It really is about growing up. And, and it, it, that's where everything kind of changed for me because I, I think my dad might have had a seventh grade education. My mom, I think she got her GED. So education wasn't like a big thing in my family. Yeah. Uh, but working hard was like, an, my dad could outwork me to this day. He's 82 years old. And when it comes to doing labor work, he, he could crush it. He's a blue collar worker and he could crush it. But uh, God, who else am I? I don't know. I'm, I'm a dad. I'm a newly found grandfather as of last week. My lifelong dream. I mean, all the other things that you mentioned. Yeah, those are cool things. But I got to tell you, being a grandparent has been something I've been wanting for years. It's the most freaking amazing feeling ever to be able to hold that child in your hands and know that your blood flows through it by far. That surpasses any another any and all things that I've experienced. That is cool. That's amazing. What is your grandkid's name, boy or girl? His name is Luca. He's a little boy. Luca. And Luca, from what I understand, I believe if I remember correctly, is the light. It's something about the light. It's an Italian name. So it was, it was kind of cool. It's kind of neat. I'm excited. And then I get another one next month. So my other son is having one next month. So went from none to having two all of a sudden. So, I mean, it, you want to talk about happens like excitement. that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So now that's you talk about being reinvigorated. That literally charged me holding that child, looking at him and just going, I have so much more to do in such a short period of time. I got to I got to get it done. I want to be able to enjoy the moments, the precious moments with this child and the other children that are going to be coming. So yeah, I'm like on hyper speed right now to get my life totally dialed in so that uh, I can enjoy these kids and just be a part of their life. Totally dialed in. Does that ever happen? If you figure it out, do do let me know. You're reminding me <laughs> of a book that I read this time last year, and maybe it was two years ago at this point, but I grabbed it. I was going to Senegal um, with some college friends, and the book, it was one of those HBRs, Harvard Business Reviews, must read on, on managing yourself. And the idea was, how will you measure your life? How? And it was a beautiful essay. I think it was the dude that wrote The Innovator's Dilemma from Harvard that just passed away last year, whose name is escaping me. But anyway, I wasn't there yet on the relationship side of things. Like I just, it, it didn't occur to me like that. And you're spot on. And to hear you speak like this and, and I'm, well, one, I'm envious of your children. I'm envious of your family. And those are some lucky grandkids I can tell, right, already that. Just amazing. Okay. So Andre, you were just sharing about the podcast, right? We were talking about the podcast because I, for one, am blown away by how great it is. Right. And you, you've honed in on the, you had a hybrid approach of the solo episodes and the conversations with people, but also you've got like, what is it? 40 reviews already. Got it. I have have no idea. Yeah. So you've got 40 reviews on it, which is unheard of after 10 episodes, which is just incredible. But you were just sharing a a bit about how you were forced to stare in the mirror of truth or take on a, comp- a learning curve that was, was 
steep or scary or I, I don't know. So like, why don't you just share with the listeners? Uh, you just share with me. Me I do. I do. <laughs> okay. I yeah. do. So I, I've always been a little bit um, conscientious of what I say and what I do publicly and everything, even with social media. I, I'm really not comfortable with social media. I see so many people on social media and I'm, I don't mean to be negative at all, but I see a lot of people out there saying, oh, look at me do what I do and you'll be rich like me. And I know these people and I know they're broke. Mm -hmm. And so I've, because of that, I've became a little bit cynical in my own mind, which is in my head. I get it. And so that cynicism has prevented me from like really indulging. Mm -hmm. And I started a podcast. I did one episode and then I just, I just, you know, I made every excuse in the world. I'll just say it. I made every excuse in the world not to do it again. Mm -hmm. It was talking to one of the guys that works for me. And he said, um, he always calls me boss. He's like, boss, you, you need to share some of your life, lifestyle stuff people really love today. And I just looked at him and I said, I said, frankly, I'm just don't feel <laughs> like I'm at a level where I can do that. I mean, that's for people at a pretty extreme level. And he looked at me and this hit me hard. This is the biggest slap in the face that I've had in a long time. He looked at me and he goes, well, if you feel that way, and I aspire to have your life, what exactly do you feel towards me? Am I just a little piece of shit? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm indirectly suppressing the people that I'm trying to motivate. Mm -hmm. I mean, in an indirect way. And that was like one of the biggest moments for me to understand that I got to get out of my way. I got to get out of my own head and just be me and just let things flow and share what I want to share. If people don't like it, then they don't have to listen to it. They don't have to look at it. But for one or two that actually gravitate to it and, you know, resonate with it in one way or another, or it helps them in just one little thing, then it's a win. And that's what I have to just keep reminding myself. It's not about me. It's about maybe that one person that may need to hear something at that moment in time that can change their course. And really, that's what it came down to. So then I started doing the podcast again. And and with reluctance, I got to tell you, I had mm -hmm. them calling me every week. Are we doing this? Are we doing this? And uh, I appreciate it. And I thank them so much for, for encouraging and pushing. And, and now I'm starting to enjoy it a little bit because it, it isn't You're over the hump. You're, most, way, people, yeah. most people quit by episode. I think it's like seven to 10 is where most people quit. Yeah. It's it's a neat outlet. Just sometimes, just to rant. I mean, I learned what a riff was. I never even knew what a riff was. <laughs> and, you know, he's he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, you know, just go on a riff for for twenty minutes. I'm like, oh, what do you what do you mean riff? So, I mean, it's a whole different world. I mean, I've stayed in my lane, and now to get out of it, I'm loving it more. I want to get crazy out of it. I just want to go all over the place and just enjoy the new adventures and being more relevant and current and everything that's happening. And I'm excited about it. So I appreciate you having me on here. I love sharing. It's been great. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I love it. And you're a good sport. I went right for it. The, the vulnerable right at the beginning, but I think it's important because it's very easy to forget that we're human, right? And I'm just going to read some of the things I wrote down from listening to your episodes, learn versus do, right? Obviously with the leaning towards do, think versus doing, the little thing makes a massive difference. It's not about the how, it's the who, right? Who do I know that can help me understand this better? It was brilliant. Your boat is named Relentless, which I loved. I loved, I loved. And I so I'd like, let's talk about this for a second. How does one cultivate discipline? 
How does one? That's a great question. Yeah, like it, let's and then you could speak to me on this one because I feel like we go through waves. Like I've gone through waves, and um, yeah, what would you say? I, think I have too. I think I do too. I, and the reality of it is, I think when somebody wants something bad enough, they'll have the discipline for it. It starts with first the commitment. You have to commit to something. Right. And I think we're in a commitment phobia society, frankly, because when people commit to something, when they meet a little bit of resistance, they just become interested. And then now they're in, now they're just interested because they justify the lack of commitment and will, which is ultimately the discipline. So for me, the discipline, I, I guess in some form or another, it's kind of been there. I'm super routine regimented in things that I do. And the disciplines are there. One of my disciplines that I do to really make sure that I stay disciplined is, is like one of those crazy ones, but I do a cold plunge in the morning and I go through my process. I'll work out. I go in my steam shower. So I go from 110 degree temperature and I normally heat my pool all year round, but now I'm into this like health kick thing. It's 48 degrees. And then I go out into my pool and I will go and I'll go underwater. I'll stay in there for about a good 10 to 12 minutes. And the way I look at it is when I do that, there's nothing else in the rest of my day. That's going to be more challenging than doing that because I overcame the most challenging thing. Yeah. I already made my bed. I get all that. My bed's already made. Now I've got to do the other stuff. Sometimes you don't want to do it. It's doing the things that you don't want to do is when you have to do them even harder. It's like being on the treadmill or working out. You get through your first five minutes, you start to get winded. It's like, oh, well, I could be doing this. I could do this. My, and you allow yourself to get caught up somewhere else and then you lose your focus. But that's when you have to press on and press even harder. So when, I, when I'm working out and I get that feeling, it's like, okay, I'm in my fifth minute. Now I have to do 30. Now it's a mental thing. I have to prove to myself that I have the ability to push through. So it's creating those little disciplines on a daily basis. And it's your own mental mind game that you have to deal with. It's easy to get sidetracked, but it's even more challenging to overcome your own mental mind simulation saying, you don't really need to do this. You could be doing this. And you start to justify and rationalize that there's other things you need to be doing. But that's when you need to double down and push even harder to see it through. When you want to give up, you have to fight harder. And I, I share that with people in business and in life because you're usually super close. And, and you know, this was, I do once you get past that little first breath, when you're doing cardio and you get your oxygen back, the rest of it's no big deal, Yeah. but it's just getting through that first part. That's the challenge. But once you overcome that and you push through, then you can finish the things that you want to do. So for the people that are listening and they're thinking, okay, what is discipline? Discipline is just truly a commitment that you're going to follow through with. And you have to follow through all the way to the end. Because if you don't follow through all the way to the end, you won't know. You might think you're going to know the outcome, but you don't know because those outcomes change. And sometimes they change at that very last second. And then that's the breakthrough that you're going to have. And it's the craziest emotional experience ever. If you haven't experienced it yet, push yourself. Push yourself to that point where you think you're done and then push harder. And you'll see that you have the ability to do it. Wow. Okay. So many things. So I'm reminded I, so I, I was raised by a VP of sales, right? So there's a lot of dadisms that get pulled into the show. And I'm reminded of one early on for me. And it, my dad used to say, don't quit before you give your results a chance to come in. 
And I think this is really an important concept in sales and for sellers and in life, but I haven't thought about this particular dataism or this particular principle in a while. And so it's really interesting that it's coming up again. And a big part of that was through the deep dive that I had on your show, just like immersing myself into these concepts, which was beautiful. Okay. But anyway, not giving up on yourself. And I think that we do that too often in sales, especially or in life, right? We think in life. Yeah. Yeah. We work towards something. And then if we don't experience those immediate results, it's like, okay, let me just try something different. And, and when I first started selling financials, it was financial services. And I put to, I was very pissed that my generation. So I graduated college in 2005 and every, I went to American university and everyone around me had these, like we had the conversation about loans for the first time. And so I think I said American university, I think the school was 32,000 a year that year. Right. And so most of my friends had over triple digits worth of loans. And so I was trying to figure out how to build in this, like kids and money, teaching kids about money into prospecting. And so I put together this talk on how to teach kids about money. And I I've shared this story once where, where I send out the email to all these moms groups, right. The president of each group and within Teen, 20 minutes, something like that. There were already like eight of them booked. Right. And so you, yeah. I hit something, but what I've never shared before is that it took me six of these talks, right. Going to the talk. I had a, a flip chart and I drew a picture of a tree and the thoughts and f- empower your actions and your actions give you results. And so you got to focus on your thoughts and like, but anyway, all, so all six times, six times, imagine this. Mind you, I did not have children. Like I didn't know I have so overcoming some imposter syndrome about what the hell do, what right do I have to be up here? And I would have absolutely quit had I not booked all these talks already. And what ended up happening from there, like the company ended up pulling it up. Like I got to teach the entire company about those thing. I was pulled up into the, I think it was the New Jersey Association for the Education of Young Children to go and teach teachers how to teach this stuff. And it it opened up doors around like public speaking and, and opening opportunities for me, like that led to keynoting and conference, like whatever. So, but down this path, and all because like I had forced myself, I guess, to experience this for the first time really young pushed. Yeah. yeah. Pushed but, I, but again, I would have quit my ass would have quit after the fifth time, like of standing up there and asking for, like, I still remember the closing line. It was like, you know, do your kids listen to what you say or what you do? And so was the best way to teach them to tell them to do things or to have them witness and, and you model it for them. And so, and it still didn't work until, <laughs> until yeah. like the fifth No, line. you gave me chills. I literally got chills hearing you talk about it because that is so awesome imposter syndrome. I love that. That's how I've always felt about all this stuff. It's like, am I an imposter? Um, but that's what, that's also a driver, right? That can be a driver. Like when you have that doubt, like you just mentioned, that doubt is what pushed you to get it done. Cause you had to prove yourself. You're not an imposter, but the simple fact that you want to give and help these kids, as you were saying that I can't tell you how many things are just running through my head. I would love to be able to go to a school and grab 10, 15 kids and do a little financial literacy class and follow up with them every two weeks and, and just give them little tasks to do to show them how the money multiplies and to give them the opportunity to see it multiplying 
imagine the impact that would have on them long-term that would, because they would understand the root of the, of money and what it takes to make it and then to double it, teaching them the compounding. I mean, rule of 72. Me, me oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I was, I was stalking. Yeah. No, no, no. The, I'm, I love it. Rule of 72 friends. That's one of those consult the Oracle exercises. It's pretty powerful. Andre, I stalked out junior achievement. Try, like I tried a bunch of things and that was the one that stuck. But even so, like I'm looking at my, now fast forward, whatever, 20 years. And I'm looking at right now, like I, I may, I was curious about the podcasting because I've been working on the podcasting empowerment front with community and salescast. And I, I mean, and I am so like, I'm experiencing all these feels right now. And I had like a good four days where I was just like, ah, oh, feeling really extra sorry for myself. And I, I would like to think that I jumped myself out of it today, but if I wasn't already there, like listening to you speak and on your show on the off chance, you haven't heard it yet today, please keep doing it. Please keep doing it. Please keep doing it. It's so good and Thank so you. needed. All right, Andre. So what do you do when you feel doubt, when you feel that impo- like imposter creeping up? Like, what, what do you do? Yeah. Like, I'm sure you have a couple of routines in place that to jump yourself out of it. I do. And it, I've, I get asked this question often, and I think I answer it differently based upon my state of mind each time. Remember, each time you go through that and you overcome it, mm-hmm. you have that little bit of growth. So your perspective changes. And as your perspective continues to change, so do the things that change that mindset. And so for me, when I start to get into that imposter syndrome, or, or if, even if that's the right term, or, or that doubt, where sometimes you doubt yourself, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. You have to remember, what led you to this point? And then not only is it what led you to this point, what was the original intent of what you're doing? And so sometimes just reminding yourself why you started is the most important thing because all too often we forget that we're going down a path because in our mind, we see that we're going to be able to make an impact somewhere. And then when we hit that resistance factor is when we kind of slow it down and say, well, maybe I can make an impact somewhere else. And then we're continually shifting all over the place. So for me, literally it's reminding myself, why did I start this? There's a reason. We always start something for a reason. And, and maybe it's money. It's okay. If it's about money, then it's about money. If it's about making an impact on, on somebody's lives or helping somebody get a different perspective and understanding of whatever their current situation is, just remind yourself of that. And I think that kind of forces you to go forward. And then I do the hokey stuff where I literally will put a audio book on. And for me, I always go to 10X, Grant Cardone's 10X, and I'm not doing a promo for Grant or anything, but it's just, I put that on and for whatever reason, I just resonate with it because it's everything I already know, stuff that I already do. It's just a reinforcement. So it, it revalidates who I am and what I believe and what I stand for. And it reminds me that these principles aren't just mine. They're, they're principles of a lot of people. So get off your ass and get it done. And that's really what it comes down to. And then it, then it becomes my mental mind fuck of, okay, do I want to sit here and feeling sorry for myself, sit and wonder what to do next or just go, I can be wrong. As long as I'm going forward, I can be wrong and pivot and still keep going forward. And that's the only way you learn that is by going through and failing a few times. 
And you're never failing if you're growing and learning. And I share this with you all the time. I've probably made more wrong decisions than right decisions. Mm -hmm. But when you make that right decision at the right time, things get crazy and in a, in a fun, crazy fun way. Yeah. yeah that and that's, you, you know, the, you, you, yeah. Proximity is key to it all. It's, it's being around the right people. Cause if you're around people that are going to pull you down and you don't even realize they're pulling you down sometimes it's the kiss of death. And that's one of the most important things I feel is the people that you associate with and the person, unfortunately that you may share your bed with, they can be the ones that can change the trajectory of every thought you have. You might think you have these great thoughts that are going to take you somewhere and then somebody will suck you back. You just got to remember they're speaking from their perspective, not yours. They don't want you to fail. So they want to hold you back. And that's the way they're trying to show love. But we've got to realize who we are and what our intentions are, what our ambitions are, and just freaking go for it. And if you fail, you get up and you do it again the next day. The who, it was such a powerful concept that you shared. I forget which episode it was, but again, it's the, who do I know that can help me understand this better? And I haven't seen or heard anyone talk about the who, like you did in this, in this episode, like it's like a phone, a friend type of thing. And it aligns with what you just shared about, I think it was, um, uh, Roan, I forget his name. It was the 10 people rule or you are most like the 10 people that you associate with Jim Rohn. I, mm, yeah, I think it was yeah. his. So it's similar to that, but again, it, yeah, so show me, show is, me the five closest people to yeah, you and I'll tell you everything about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And which I was very sad when I found out that that wasn't an original dad thought, right. That it was actually, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I spend a lot of time personally thinking about the how, right. How can I help others to make progress, right? Which is how I would define value. Value equals progress. But Mm -hmm. it's like, who can you reach out to, to understand a certain thing and understand a certain thing faster? Like it was just sheer brilliance. And I, mm, I don't even know if there's a question there, but like, what would you say to that? Well, the reality of it is I found myself in a situation. I could say how all day long, and I'm not going to find the answer. It was, it was a scope. It was, outside of my scope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have my planes. I had an a charter company mm-hmm. and it came to a point to where I was super frustrated and it was hundred percent on me. I have to be responsible for it. I never looked at my bills. I just, they just had my credit card and they would bill me every month for all this stuff. I wasn't even using the planes and it was costing me ridiculous amounts of money in labor and maintenance. And they were making tons of money on it and billing me all this stuff. It's not supposed to work that way. Mm-hmm. So I finally decided, screw it. I'm going to pull my planes. And even if I let them sit and just contract pilots or hire pilots, it'll still be more cost efficient than what I'm dealing with now. And in that process of doing that, when I went to the guy and said, Hey, I'm pulling my stuff. He's like, well, if you pull your stuff, everybody's going to go. This thing is a sinking ship. He goes, so instead, why don't you buy the company? I was like, well, I never thought about that. So then I was like, well, okay. So I did. And then I got myself into a situation where, wait a second, I don't know. I can fly a plane. I can do that but I don't know all the rules and regs. So then it became about, I can't sit there and go, how do I figure this out? I don't have enough time because mm-hmm. you're limited on time on things. When you take action, you have so many days to do reporting. I didn't know that either. So I had to go to the who, who do I know that can guide me through this? And then who do they know that can take me to the next level? And then who do they know that can keep me on that path? So my whole thing is about who do you know that's this? Who do you know for that? 
And it's more about the who's than the how's, because if you try to worry about the how's, you're going to find yourself paralyzed. And then you're just paralysis through analysis and you're stuck. But if you go to the who, it helps you expand and grow a little bit more as well. Those little things make the biggest difference because it opens your minds. Instead of compartmentalizing and closing, it opens because now it's not all on you. You're putting it on and leveraging the people that are around you. And that's one of the most important things to realize is leverage the people that are already smart. When you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong you're freaking in the room. Wrong room. So I never have to worry about that. I mean, I make sure that I have smart people around me all the time. And that's that's one of the most important things is understanding that all too often we feel inferior if we have people around us that are super smart and that we feel they're smarter than us, but that's the smartest thing you could do, especially if you're leading them and you understand how it, it's, you're going to literally sky's the limit. So I don't know if that answered your question. It does very much so. And I'm, I'm smiling. So I, I overextended myself a little bit this for at the beginning of the year. And I'm laughing, thinking about how much time I spent with tech tools um, across these like three different projects, including the podcast, right? The hosting platform, the data, um, all the editing, the audio and the video like YouTube. That doesn't even include multiple email automation tools, Notion, Calendly, whatever. Anyway, this is me catching a tear off of all that like lost time on. Oh my God. Yeah. Forgive yourself too. Forgive yourself too. Jesus, man. What were you going to say? You have to, you have to forgive yourself. I mean, it's, it's really, it's about learning. Life is a learning process and you have to realize that every day you can learn something. And I try to learn something from every engagement I have with people, even if it's just at a grocery line, you know, sometimes there's insight that some people might have that's just helps change perspective on things. And if you continually allow yourself to be in that learning mode, Mm -hmm. then you're going to, you'll, you'll grow really fast and forgiving yourself. I think it's neat. You said that because that's one of the most important things. I went through this long process of forgiving myself for things. And once you do that, it's like, it sets you free and allows you to, again, have clarity, be open. And when your mind is open with clarity, you're going to see opportunities around you that you normally wouldn't see if you're closed-minded because you have all this stress and you have different things that are bothering you or occupying your mind, you're not going to see the opportunities around you. Mm -mm. I never would have seen this as an opportunity probably two years ago. I would have been so fogged up in my own world and caught up in my own world that I wouldn't even have looked at it as an opportunity. I would have just looked at it as another stress. Mm -hmm. And now I'm looking at it as like, this is freaking awesome. I get to learn something totally new and create totally different experiences for people. I love creating experiences for people. And now I get to like, just create the most incredible experience. Yeah. Oh, it's, it is. I know. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I never in my wildest dreams ever thought I would own a plane, let alone three, but now we have eight. So it's kind of like, wow. But again, I never imagined this. I just did what I did every day and just kept going forward and opportunities start to evolve. And you have to be open-minded to that because they're, they're around us every day. There's opportunity presented to us. We're just not in the right frame of mind to read them, to associate. This is an opportunity. Right. We get caught up in our own world and our own stresses, and we can't recognize the things that are right in front of us. And I totally get that. So I'm not kind of downplay that because I've been there. I'm still there at times. I'm not impervious to that stuff, but the more I allow myself to free up 
And which is one of the most incredible things ever is to liberate yourself. And that's mm -hmm. to trust others and to hire people and to give it away. Because generally, we're our own worst nightmare. We get in our way from growth. We prevent ourselves from growing all too often. And it was not until I finally realized that I need to step out of this and let somebody else do this so that I'm not caught in this little box. And now that I don't let myself get caught in a box, I have less emotional ties. I have better judgment, better decision-making, and I can keep going and doing what I do, knowing that they'll take care of it because I totally trust and believe in them. That was a game changer. It's just delegating and giving it away to people that you trust and have confidence in. That I think is probably one of the most critical things that any of us can do. Like when you're talking about figuring out how to do all those different things to get your podcast going, I just hired somebody and said, here, get this together. And it saved me a ton of time and energy may have cost money, but I probably would have spent twice as much if I would have tried doing it on my own. Hmm. Hmm. That forgiveness piece, friends, that counts for forgiving others too. And it is also incredibly liberating to let go of opinions, right? This is a big one this, this oh, year judgment. too. Like, yeah. what would yeah. it be like to not have an opinion about this right now? I say this, Andre, in all my meetings. You watch people like just they physically get lighter when you drop that on them. Like, wow, that would be an incredible way to operate. What would it be like? To well, not what have I say to opinion? people all the time is like, if you're judging other people, how are you growing? Right. Right. Because you're, you're right. Yeah. So friends, our brains, like we like feeling smart. And so part of learning, part of staying in that, that learning mindset is figuring out how to silence that. I know that gremlin in all of our heads, which is in many ways where the, where the judgment can arrive from, but yeah, you're it's spot on Andre when, when you're judging yeah. You've already, you've already put yourself in a box. It was one of the most beautiful things that somebody said about the show, but this was recently, it was like, what listening to one of the episodes and I went toe to toe with someone, but in a respectful manner, right. Which is part of the mm -hmm. show, right. Skill development on how to how, lean into these uncomfortable conversations and, and increase our comfort level with them. Right. Because growth takes place on the outside of it and progress, especially progress as a team. Um, but anyway, the kind, beautiful words were she's sharing about one of the episodes and like what she took away from how to approach the conversation and specifically um, that I learned something from this person and this person learned something from me. And it was one of the things that we both acknowledged at the end of the conversation awesome. That's a total win. that Love comes. It. Yeah. When you're able to, and in many ways, Andre, we're out of practice big time. Like I'm sad a little bit that we didn't get to go into the ills of social media and like the promotion culture and like whatever, but I have a lot of empathy for those that kind of avoid social media or Facebook because of, you know, the tribalism and it, we were, it's easier, right. To just surround yourself with people that think like you agree with you came from where you came from, you know, and, and with the pandemic on top of it, you know, we've, we're, we're all out of practice again, myself included. And so, yeah, with that, I'm loving this episode, sir, because this is essentially yeah. uncomfortable conversations that we need to have more of with our damn selves.
Yeah. And every day, every day, that's the most <laughs> uncomfortable conversation you're going to have is with yourself. And, and it's the most important one that you have. And I, I, I know for myself, I have to put myself in check every day. I mean, it's, it's too easy to wake up and be cynical. It's too easy to wake up and, and have that crass type mode feeling. But when you wake up and you have a little bit of gratitude and you appreciate some of the little blessings that you have around you, like for me, my grandson, oh my God, that's like the biggest blessing ever. I wake light. up just full of emotions every day. I don't even want to start crying right here. It's so easy to do. And um, it, it does. It, and sometimes we just need that little perspective shift, just a little shift on perspective and understand things. Because all too often, like you mentioned, in, in society today, people are so reactive. We're all mm-hmm. so reactive. Mm-hmm. We don't know what somebody else is going through. Right. And all too often we want to get crazy because somebody cuts us off or does something or says something that we don't like. And culture now, they relate to it and they perpetuate it. Mm-hmm. But is that really being the human that you want to be? And that's what I always say is like, is this who you really want to be and who you want your kids or your family and friends to see you be? It's not. Mm-hmm. It's just that moment that we lose our judgment, we lose ourselves, Mm -hmm. and then we justify it. It's like, gosh, let it go, man. And we're all humans. If we all just learn to love and get along and understand that everybody has a different opinion, which makes the world work, that's what makes it fun. Because if we were all exactly the same, how boring would that be? It wouldn't be life. So take it as a blessing that people think differently and, and just try to indulge in their thought process. And, and rather than argue with them, try to understand. Well, all too often, we want to be understood before we understand. So it's like the opposite. Seek to understand before trying to be understood. And then you'll be 10 times more effective as you have that conversation with them because you'll know where their thoughts are coming from. And once you learn that, it'll give you a different perspective as well, because you're not judging them for what they're thinking. Now you're having empathy for what they've been through and it changes everything. Mm. You may even find out that what they're thinking and what they see will help level up an aspect of your own thinking on the same thing. Andre, that was brilliant. I normally wrap with uh, what what's one piece of advice about uncomfortable conversations, but I think you just nailed it right there, sir. So with, <laughs> how can people get more of Andre Vicario in their lives? How can people find you? Um, Other than well, absolutely do not pass go, do not collect $200. Go listen to the modern financial podcast uh, immediately. I thought I had one here. Yeah. I thought I, I, thought I had one here. Okay. I, you know, my book is a good start. Oh yeah. Here oh, yeah so this is kind of a cool place. I mean, you talk about being vulnerable. So this was like, the most vulnerable thing I ever did in my life was okay. write this thing. Okay. Freedom and with all. I wrote it a year ago. Okay. Yeah. I wrote this a year ago, but never did much promoting. It was more for me than anything else, just as one of those things to say, I want to be a one percenter and less than 1% of people that say they want to write a book ever do it. I just needed to do it for myself. And then now I got somebody promoting it and it's like going crazy. I'm hearing from people from the woodworks and it's really just, my life stories. And unfortunately I did edit a lot because it was a lot more challenging than even it says in there, but it's just to get one place to get started. You can look at me on uh, my podcast, the modern financial podcast. And I have some great guests coming up again. I have some really neat friends that a lot of people recognize their names and, and, or their businesses for sure. Um, some of my neighbors are just awesome people and they're going to be on there. And you can also, if you have any questions about financial stuff, especially, Tax, you're concerned about long term taxation because when we think about where we are today, 
where are taxes going to be 10 years from now? Are they going to be lower, the same, or higher? I venture to guess we all understand they're going to be higher, but yet we're all excited to put money into a 401k plan to defer taxes to later to get a tax benefit when taxes are low now to pay them at a higher rate later. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So one of the things that we do is re-strategize with people to reposition their assets so that they're not paying taxes at the time when they need it the most. So like imagine if you had your income right now, would you be pretty comfortable if you didn't have to pay taxes? Like, heck yeah, I would. Well, just imagine that. Working with us, we can help you do that. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a little bit of time, but we'll reposition those assets so that you can live a tax-free retirement. And and that's a pretty awesome thing to do. So we feel really good to be able to do that. And you can reach me there at modfinancial.com. You can get to the company and they'll either get you to me or one of our associates that's closest to you. Amazing. Amazing. Are you on LinkedIn by chance too? I am. I'm there too. Okay, good. Yep. So we'll, so we'll add that I, link. To, yeah. We'll add that yeah, link to the yeah, show I'm, notes. I'm yeah. Let's go ahead and blow I'm, up your DMs on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I'm always there. I love it. <laughs> Appreciate right. it. You're awesome. Andre, the feeling is very mutual, sir. Thank you for making time for us today. Thank you for this. I, I mean, the conversation was next level, but like even just the morning that I spent with you and listening to your words and wisdom. Again, thank you for what you do. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Even though none of us can remember how we got to this point. Bye. All right, all that wraps another installment of the Revenue Real Hotline. Thank you for hanging out with me through the remainder of the conversation. I'd like to thank Andre for sharing his brilliance. Talk about a powerhouse human. If you like what we're doing here on the show, tell a friend, subscribe to the show, write a review, all actions that can easily be done over at RevenueRail.com. I'm Amy Rahubchek, and happy selling. <laughs>